Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 71, Balancing Your Hormones with guest Lucy Libido. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to speak with you guys today, especially because I get to share with you a really fun interview I got to do with Lucy Libido. That's right. Her name's Lucy Libido. So maybe you kind of are starting to get a clue of what we're talking about today. We are talking about hormones. We're talking about libido, which I know is really important to all of you, especially if you're struggling with your mood or you're on medication, that might be something that bothers you. So if you have little kids in the car, maybe listen to this episode later. It's not graphic, but maybe, right? (laughs) Maybe listen to it later. So let me just give you guys a quick intro to Lucy and then um, I'll jump to the interview. So Lucy is the author of an amazing book called Lucy Libido says there's an oil for that. And when she released this book, it immediately hit number one in aromatherapy on Amazon. And it it continues to be a top best-selling book. So Lucy travels and speaks and I like it because we have really similar goals, um, She likes to help women feel empowered in their bodies, safe in their relationships, and confident in their ability to use essential oils to balance hormones and improve libido. And I love how we come together and we talk about how mood is multifaceted. And I love thought work. That's the part I provide. I think it's a huge part, but it's not the only part. And I love the idea of us not fighting an uphill battle. Like let's get our bodies to work correctly while we get our minds to work right. And I focus so much on thought work because I feel like we already do put a lot of emphasis on body, on health, and not enough on mind. But I don't think we're doing the right things and the best things and paying attention to our hormones and our mood. I think we focus a lot on shame about our mood rather than okay, why am I feeling this way? What signal it is, right? We've talked about looking at our mood like a detective rather than a firefighter needing to hurry and put the feelings out, right? So I'm really excited to speak with her, you guys, today. And then um, in the show notes below, don't forget to go and check out her freebies. There's a link to her book where you can get more information about some of these supplements and oils she talks about to really balance your hormones increase your libido, and help you feel empowered in your body. All right, here we go. Okay, Lucy, welcome to the podcast. I'm super thrilled that you made time to come and talk with the women of Limitless Female. Um, You have some really interesting experiences and background, and I feel like there's some ways that all the women who listen to this podcast can relate to, and also you can kind of teach them some things because you are steps a little further down the road than some of us. Um, so first, if you just want to introduce yourself, um, and then tell us a little bit about your family and what you do, and we'll go from there. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for having me on this show. And I actually love your group. I'm in your group. I listen to you and I follow you because I think you have a wonderful message for so many women. And I think it's so valuable. And so I'm just honored to be here and to speak with you today, because I think that We are very heart connected in our purpose and our intent to help women. And um, while we all have our unique gifts and talents in the way that we touch on that, I think we have like a common thread of serving and helping women to really be their highest selves. So it's it's an honor for me as well to be here. So thank you for having me. I'm hearing that. So um, my name is Lucy Libido. I am the best-selling author of the book, Lucy Levita Says, There's an Oil for That. So this book is a book about using health and wellness tips to support your hormones and specifically your libido. So I, um, I started out with a health and wellness journey with my children. I've always been kind of an athletic 
person. I grew up being a professional dancer and Pilates instructors. I've done um, acro aerial and Cirque and I just love now because I see you on Facebook and you're still doing it and you're still super fit. But I'm always like, that's amazing. All of us women should still be taking like dance classes and like aerial, like you said, acrobatics and all these amazing things. It's so fun. Yes. It, you know, it keeps me happy and it keeps me healthy and it keeps me fit. And more than that, it just, it brings me joy. So, you know, fitness is different for everyone, like different people, are drawn to different things. And it doesn't even matter what you're drawn to. It's just that you do something that serves your body and your heart and your mind to keep you healthy and active. And those, because I just grew up loving like dance and movement. Those were just the areas that really like I felt drawn to, but, um, I grew up initially, you know, not thinking of being like a wellness coach or an author, which is what I do now. You know, I was just like living my passion, living my dreams, dancing, um, you know, became a mom as I grew. And um, my oldest son has an endocrine disorder. Um, he's also on the spectrum. And I started taking a close look at what kinds of things are in my household, what's serving him, what's not serving him. I learned a lot about endocrine disruptors, which is in almost any product in our home that has fragrances. So especially things like dryer sheets, Febreze, air fresheners, the fragrances in our cleaners. Um, and I wanted to just get that out of my home because I knew that it wasn't serving him. He was already, um, struggling and disadvantaged in that area in his body. And I needed to not add to that. And I needed to take away and focus on healthier foods and healthier products in our homes. Um, and we had a really incredible experience with him gaining better language, eye contact focus by focusing on taking away endocrine disruptors in our home and adding healthy nutrition, um, and of course that was a blend with, um, Western medicine as well, which I'm open to both. And I think that they greet meet and greet very well. Um, and we had some really, really uh, profound experiences with his growth that I just knew that I always wanted to live a healthy toxin free or low toxin, there's no such thing as toxin free, but a low toxin lifestyle. And so I was just looking for cleaners that didn't contain any chemicals so that I could clean my Pilates equipment in my home. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I, um, found young loving. I really liked their company. Um, we had really great experiences with my child. And so people in my Pilates studio started asking, Hey, what oil can you use for this? And that. And so I just started referring. And then I started bailing a clientele kind of naturally organically. It wasn't my initial um, goal at that time, but because I was sharing my stories organically, that like this was helping my son and we feel healthier, we have more energy, he's more focused. People were like, well, I want some of that too. So people started enrolling with me. And then one year I decided that um, I, I, would, I would try and teach a class every month. And I thought, I'm going to teach a class for Valentine's Day. This will be really fun. So it was like January. Like I should teach a class for Valentine's Day. And I should teach a class about how to use oils for like Valentine's Day and libido and spicing up your Valentine's Day. Um, and so I was kind of just like looking around to find the content, find information on that. And I realized there was zero content on that. Like no one had spoken to that. No one had really much research on it. And there was really nothing that I could teach on that topic from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, um, so this was like what a pivotal point for me in my entrepreneurial journey, mm -hmm. I was looking for content to teach and share and that content did not yet exist. And so I thought, well, I have two choices. I can either say it's not available, therefore I can't do it, mm -hmm. or I can create it myself. Mm -hmm. And so I chose a second. I'm like, okay, I'm going to create this myself. I'm going to open up a research group. And so I brought in a group of women. We had about 20 women in our, in our initial research group. And I said, Hey, you know, I really want to talk about what kinds of oils are going to help us on a physical, spiritual, and an emotional level mm -hmm. to help us to drop old baggages and fears that prevent us from really truly loving and being loved that are messing with our libidos or messing with our connections. And let's talk about what kinds of things can serve our relationships. And so we brought in a group and I really looked for people from all backgrounds. So we had people who were married, people who are in non-married relationships. We look for people who were married and divorced. We look for women who'd had hysterectomies, women who were pregnant, people who just recently had babies and women who have gone through menopause. Mm -hmm. So that we got like a real kind of a real good pool of people who are kind of in any life circumstance. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we opened a research group and we just started practicing and it was hilarious. It was fun because we were like, okay, what's going to help my libido? What's going to help his libido? What, where are the blocks at? And, you know, and initially we were thinking really just like physical, like put this oil on here, there. And we learned so much that the majority of our issues really stem emotionally first and physically second. And, um, we just, because a lot of the coaching I do with women, especially because they're women who are either on medication or struggling with depression, both of which can like lower your libido. Absolutely. That like 90% of it is mental, which emotional, I feel like it's kind of the same thing because the way they're thinking about intimacy, the way they're thinking about sex, the way they're thinking about what their partner wants from them or what they need to provide for their partner. And all these thoughts create emotions like frustration or obligation. And it's not really fun to go be with your husband when you feel obligated. Or when you're like, you have to, ple- you're people pleasing instead of you're, you're going there to like be pleased or to connect or something more fun. Yes, absolutely. So 90% of it is mental, which, which is really neat that you guys discovered that in your study. Yes. So in our study, we gave lots of, lots of homework, like homework for him, homework for her, homework for them, you know, try this, do this, take this internally, do this topically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had one homework assignment that like nobody would turn in and you're, you think, okay, out of everything that we're doing in like a sex libido wellness booster libido research group. And here I am given homework every night, <laughs> like and report back in the morning. Okay. You're like, try this and report back. Like it was a very open, vulnerable space. Okay. Um, and it was hilarious, but it was also very vulnerable. Um, there was one homework assignment that like just no one would do. They would just not turn in. They would not come in and they would not respond to it. And so can, I mean, can you imagine like what I was asking them to do that they just were like, no, that's, that's a no. Okay. The assignment that nobody turned in that I had to ask again and again and again, this was the assignment. Tell me three things about yourself that make you beautiful. Oh my heck. I was thinking like something like super intimate or something, but then I was like, I bet it's something like spouses, but that's even more interesting. No one would do that because they had to stop and think. Cause if I say, okay, put on this oil that supports your progesterone, put on this oil that helps his testosterone. Okay. They're going to do that. The do action thing. Yeah. Right. The physical, when Mm -hmm. I say write down three things about yourself, that makes you beautiful. Tell me three things that is, is why your spouse loves you and why they're attracted to you. Mm-hmm. That was where they had to stop and think like, well, I don't know. You know, like, I'm like, I have nice eyes. I'm like, that's great. But what makes you beautiful? Mm-hmm. And, and it was hard. It was hard because we as women are taught to like serve and to give. And we're such a giving species. Like naturally, that's the way we're wired. Mm-hmm. But we, I notice in every relationship, our goal is for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like I have found this time and time again with the women I work with. It's like, I'm a mom so that I can raise happy kids and I'm a wife so that I can be in a happy marriage, but it's not, I'm a wife because that makes me happy. Or I'm a mom because it feels like the truest version of me. Like I yes. love being a mom, you know, it's, we do everything with the re- trying to create other people's results constantly. Yes. And, and that only leads to sadness because we can't control it. Exactly. Yes. So what, what, what we learned was that we really needed to, before we even go into talking about what we're going to use, whether it's oils or herbs that we really need to start with our own affirmations and our own mental health and our own emotional health. And so we sat down, we talked about this and this is the first chapter of my book. And when I go and I do speaking events, I go all around the world and I speak, this is where we start because I really feel like it is the beginning that you need to recognize what are the things about yourself that that are beautiful? Like what makes you beautiful, not on a physical level, but from you internally, because Mm -hmm. if we don't love ourselves first, Mm -hmm. then we do not have the ability to truly give and then therefore receive love in the way that we're intended to receive love, because we have to love ourselves first in order to be open to the ability spiritually, physically, and emotionally to receive love. If we don't love ourselves first, because we have to know that first. So for this group of women, what we did, what we focused on, we were, you know, we wrote down our affirmations and I say, you know, write down those two things and write them on your mirror and pull out a dry erase marker. Then wipe straight off, write it on your mirror, add to it and look at it every single morning and morning and repeat it to yourself. I'm beautiful because 
this. My spouse loves me because of this. I'm valuable because of this. Mm -hmm. And when the more you say it consciously, the more your subconscious believes it. And the more you believe it, the more it is truth, because here is the bottom line in the way our subconscious works. Our belief is our truth. Yes. Right. Like just simple. Our belief is our truth. So if we believe that we're worthy of love, we will have the ability to feel love. And a lot of women don't have that because of baggages, blocks, abuse, or even things that weren't intentionally meant to be abuse, but like that we were told that a woman's place is X, Y, or Z, the way we were raised. And we have to unlearn those things and just believe the simple truth that I am worthy of being loved. I think the thing that keeps women stuck too, and and everybody stuck, is that they don't realize that things they're believing are simply beliefs. They think that they're true. Like if they've been told enough, you're not valuable, or if they believed long enough, they're not valuable. They think it's just true. And then they'll give you a slew of examples of, to support this thought or this belief. And they think they're just telling you the news and like sharing what they see out in the world. Like, no, I am this way because, and then they give you all these examples. But if you can't prove it in a court of law, if not everyone in the world agree, if there's no test to prove it. Mm-hmm. And that means it's an optional idea mm-hmm. and you have the opportunity to really question it so that eventually we can get to a thought that serves you better. Like you're saying, like, I'm valuable, I'm beautiful, I'm attractive, I'm worthy of love, but people don't get there because they think it's just a truth about them. They don't realize it's always been optional and they've just been choosing the thing that seemed the most probable, I guess. Well, it's usually what was put into our head as children. Sure. most often is so it's what we've even is it's either what we've heard the most often because of the circle and the environment of the people around us mm-hmm. or uh, or beliefs that we um formed as children that we've carried into our adulthood years and those are things that we can unlearn and those are those tr- those truths can change to new truths truth actually is relative truth can change because you can change to a truth that yes i am valuable and yes i'm already receiving love and yes like sex and intimacy is not dirty. It's not wrong. It's not bad. It's something that's intended to bring me and the person I love connection and love and joy. And there's a purpose and a reason behind the way my body and his body works the way it works. And it's all for good. Start dropping when we stop, when we learn how to unlearn these non-truths that are simply beliefs that like, oh, I should feel shameful or I should feel embarrassed or maybe I shouldn't be enjoying this or, you know, or whatever it is, or that, you know, my place is just to, you know, to please him, but like, there's no place for me in this, like all of these untruths Mm -hmm. that are sadly often beliefs, but are untruths. When we learn how to unlearn those things, then we get to have this whole new mindset around libido and around relationships and around intimacy that a relationship is something that we choose. It's not something that we're expected or demanded, whether you're married or not married, like that consensual joy of being with someone you love and giving to each other is such a beautiful thing. And that happens when you both want to love and serve each other. Yes. Yes. And, but I love that you said, but first that it's for you, it's something for you. And then you come together and then you serve each other in that way. Mm -hmm. One of the thoughts that's really like, um, sneaky. And I think a lot of women think is true is that my husband just wants sex. He doesn't want me. That's not true. Right. And that that's never, ever going to make create desire for you. If you're in a healthy, I should say, if you're in a healthy relationship, yeah, that's not true. Because in a, in a healthy relationship, you want to serve that person's needs. You want to meet their needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it's not about taking for yourself. It's about serving and giving together. And so that's something, you know, you can ask yourself, like, is this something that I'm doing because I'm feeling expected or demanded or coerced? Or is it something I'm doing because I want to, and because he or she wants to, and we want to do this together because we enjoy being together and we love this time together because that is the way intimacy should be. It should be healthy and it should be joyful and it should be like lifting us up. And when we learn to understand that those relationships are intended to be healthy and they're intended, you're intended to be satisfied and excited and wanting to wake up with that person again the next morning. And if that's not happening, there's also so much good news. There's, there's so much room for growth and new truth to join in your relationship. There's so many ways that you can 
create and foster and grow in that if both partners are wanting and willing of it. It's absolutely, absolutely possible. And when, and when you're in that kind of a space, it's just, it's a beautiful place to be. So I have to pause and go back. Where and when did you come up with Lucy Libido? That is a great question. Well, this is back in our research group. So in our research group, you know, we're (laughs) teaching every learning everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, this information is so great. And I was initially using it for just like a small class. So when I initially opened the group, we're doing research, we're asking questions, we're doing homework, and we're literally posting the results. Okay. So that's very vulnerable information. It was the men more than the women. They're like, hold on. Cause at first they're like, Oh, we're doing this research group to learn what's going to get your libido up. Oh yeah. Sign me up. I'm all in. Right. Okay. So then when they're like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You're posting this on the internet tomorrow. No, 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 no. <laughs> like you're not going to post about what's making me more firm or you more aroused. Like this isn't like going on your, on your Facebook group in the morning. Are you kidding me? And so of course it being so vulnerable, I promised privacy and I promised anonymity. And so what I said was, you know, I'm not going to teach this class under my name. I'm going to do it under a pseudo name. Therefore, no one will know who I am. Therefore, no one will know who you are because they're not going to know you're my friends or you're my acquaintances. And so it will be completely private. So I did it to protect and honor the privacy of my research participants. Um, and also as well as myself, I mean, I was coming up with like a lot of information. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to teach it under the name Lucy Libido. And at that time it was intended to be just like one class, one time it was the class of the month. And I was going to move on to the next thing. And here's the really cool thing about, um, and we're going to segue probably a little bit into business and entrepreneurship. So, you know, the company I was working for was, um, you know, a direct marketing or multi-level company. Um, and, you know, I was teaching classes to help support people, but I did not know at the time that this was going to grow to be such a need and that this would be such valuable to my, to my following. I just thought, I'm just going to open up this class and teach it for, you know, maybe hundred people. And then I'm going to close it and never teach it again. Well, what happened was the information was so valuable. People heard about it from everywhere and it just kind of went through the grapevine and everyone was trying to get in, trying to get in, trying to get in. At the time it was an event, not a group because, um, I just thought it was going to be like a one-time thing. And, um, I taught this information and so many people were trying to get in that I didn't know who they were. And I was just teaching by myself. I didn't have a moderation team at the time. It just kind of like blew up really big. Um, and then I was having a hard time moderating people who were there for the right reasons and people who weren't there for the right reasons. And I taught the class and closed it. And I was like, Whoo, that was a lot of work. This turned into like so much more time and energy than I anticipated, but I'm glad I taught it because I learned a lot, but I'm so glad I'm never going to have to teach this class ever again. Right. This is like Lucy libido <laughs> week one. <laughs> okay. Never going to teach this again. Like my last, like my, my, like these words just like crack me up to this day. Um, and then, um, the following kind of year. So I opened a, a Facebook profile under that name. Um, the following year I started noticing in all of our oil communities, our Facebook groups, our threads, um, you know, Instagram and Facebook was kind of more, um, the thing then, but, um, people were asking like, Hey, how do I get into the Lucy libido group? I know that there's group. I heard it was great last year. Um, I know you had to like know where to get in. Does anyone know who she is? And I'm like reading this and it's just the buzz in all the groups. Everyone's like, who's Lucy libido? How do I get in? And I'm reading this, like, it was, it was interesting. Um, and at that time there were three people who knew who Lucy libido was. I literally did not even tell my team or my downline. I taught it completely anonymous. I invited my team like, Hey, this girl is teaching this class. You should come. I didn't even tell them. There were three people who knew it was me, my husband. Well, the research group people. And then my enroller in Young Living, because she was totally cheering me on. She's like, this is so great. This is going to totally help people. And at the time too, like I wasn't even doing it. Um, I mean, I was doing it as a class for anyone in my group who wanted to come, but also we opened it up. And my husband was like, you're spending so much time on this. Is this going to like actually help grow your volume in your business? Um, and so the interesting what thing was- What did you think back then? When, you didn't think it was- I mean- you didn't think it was going to help no. you very well. And you were just thinking, I'm just going to serve these people. Yes. And actually, no, hold on. I'll get to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause that because I actually came back the next year. So the, the, there were three people who knew. Um, and so everyone's like, who is she? How do I get in? I'm like, this is crazy. And I saw it so often and people were trying to find it. Like, did you get the class? Did you get the information? It was so great. It helped me. I'm like, I, I need to open up a group that's going to stay because it was an event closed out. Didn't even exist anymore. Everyone's looking for this group that doesn't exist. Right. 
Um, and this teacher who like doesn't exist except it's me, but it was just like for a week, right. After a couple months of research. And I'm like, obviously I need to open up a group because there are people asking for it and they need it and they want it to the point where I'm seeing a buzz on the internet that people are trying to find it. And the only person who can open up in the Lucy libido group is me because that's me. That's my group. That's my content. And so I went to my Facebook and I opened up my Lucy libido profile to like open up a group. Mind you, I, I turned it off in February. It was like November, December, hadn't looked at in months. I opened it up and my inbox, my messages were like full. Like I, I just shut it off and it was full of people from all over people. I did not know. And they were saying things like Lucy, thank you so much for letting me in your class. I know, I don't know who you are personally, but you let me in. And it has been such a blessing for me. I'd had a hysterectomy and I was having so much problems with dryness that I couldn't be intimate with my spouse. And it was tearing us apart. And after taking your class, we're able to be intimate again. And I want you to know it saved our marriage. Wow. And messages saying, you know, after my pregnancy, I was having so many issues with my postpartum feelings that I never wanted to do it again. And going through your program helped me to understand my body better and get it back in rhythm. And my husband and I, we were so connected, like we've never been before. Thank you so much. And they were asking, how, how do I add my sister? How do I add my friend? She is having the same problem. How do I add my mom for menopause? How do I, um, you know, add my child who's getting pregnant and she needs help? Everyone's like, how do I add my how do I add the people I love Mm -hmm. was what everyone was saying. And I'm like, I need to do this because I'm like, there is a need. They are calling for my name to do this. I'm going to open it up. So I went back on Facebook. I opened up my kind of reactivated my, hi, I'm here again. I'm back. Um, And I opened up a Lucy Levita group on Facebook and to this day, it's still there. And on, and I just posted a couple posts on the internet and I, and I let people know to share. And I said, Hey, I'm open. I have a group. We're going to teach the class again next February. And this time everybody's welcome. Anyone can come. You don't have to be like on my team. I don't have to know who you are. It's an open forum. You are welcome. And Emily, in one day we had 10,000 people request to join that group. 10,000 people. That's how many people were waiting in line before I opened the door. And then after that, it's grown. It's like 150 something thousand people now. Um, And I do a Valentine's Day libido class every year. It's super fun. Um, And I opened the group. And so I'm teaching it again the next year. But now I'm teaching it to tens of thousands instead of my small group. One of the things I thought was really neat and interesting, and we sort of talked about this beginning, but this is coming to me now, is that in the coaching world, and I've coached quite a few women who do direct sales, mostly because of you. I taught some classes um, in some different areas because of you. And I got to coach them. And I noticed that there's this drama over like, should I niche down or not? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's, I think the, the bigger idea is how should I grow my business? Should I do this or that? Should I do this program or that program? Should I like focus on Instagram or Facebook? And I love it because you didn't ask those questions. I think you asked a question that's much more useful when you're trying to grow a business is how do I serve these people the best? Mm-hmm. Because when you stop worrying about the how, and you're more about like, who needs my help, you know, like right now, and it's about service, where do I find them? Yeah. Yeah. where do I find them? What kind of questions are they asking? What do they need from me? But when it comes to service, it's so much more exciting and you get out of your own way because when you're not in a service oriented mindset, when people talk about selling, I think of serving. I still think of selling. I don't think there's, it's a dirty word, but I think of selling is serving because when I'm, when I'm not serving, I'm thinking, what do they think about me? What if I say it wrong? What if people don't like what I say, which could be, you know, you're talking about sensitive subjects. People could, you know, you could have all kinds of thoughts. Like what if they disagree with me? What if they think it's inappropriate, but that's not service. That's all about you. Yes. When you're in service, you're like, but what if someone does need this answer? Mm-hmm. Right. So true. I walked into that door and I say this every day. I'm not for everyone. And I know that. And it's okay because the people I am for, they need me and I'm here for them. And it's like a dog whistle when you're, when you know what makes you special and you focus on that, or you know what you have that's unique, it like perks people's ears up when they're scrolling Facebook. And then all they see, all of a sudden they see like Lucy libido, I can help you with hormones, intimacy, like it's like, ding, where I see so many people doing direct sales and they're just like, you know, oils can help with everything. Like, how can I help you? And mm-hmm. that can work too, right? You don't have to niche down, but I do think it's neat that you found your niche because you were in service and it does help narrow like your copy, 
like really getting into the heads of the people you're serving and writing down exactly what they need so that when they come across you on Facebook, they found the person that can help them with their specific things they're looking for. Absolutely. And when it comes to service, that is truly what made me grow so organically and beautifully in the beginning, because I was teaching this class, I was writing out all my content. And while I was doing that, that first year, Facebook being the format that it is, things get bumped around. You know, I do always have like a syllabus with hyperlinks of my classes in order and all of my groups. So when you join my Facebook group, if you haven't yet, you can, um, and we'll have this in the show notes too. You go in there, you can go to the syllabus, you can take the whole class in order. But a lot of people were saying, I love this information, but I want it on my nightstand. I want to have it in order. I don't want to always have to like pull it up on the computer. People were asking for a book form. So what I was doing while I was teaching the class and I didn't announce this till the end of the class, I was writing the content for the class and I was also writing it in a book format and I was working on creating a book so that I could provide that to them at the end of the class. And at the time I wasn't even thinking of it as a marketing strategy, which now anyone would say that was a marketing strategy. I literally knew nothing about marketing. I was just seeing that so many people were asking for it. And I thought, well, if I'm already writing it out on Facebook, why don't I take that same content and then put it in book form, but, you know, you know, go more into depth, make it longer, put it in a better order. And, and again, I, I hit this, this fork in the road where I was like, I don't know how to book, write a book. I don't know how to publish a book. I don't know how to typeset a book. I don't know that much about graphic design. I don't know that much about like publishing houses. Like this is like completely foreign to me. And then I asked myself that same question. Well, I can say, I don't know how to do it and not do it. Or I can say, I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I figured it out. And I, and I wrote that book and it's, it was such a pivotal point in my career because it was something I did not know how to do. The first, um, the first release, we actually had to pull back because my original editor, who was not a, a great choice, but again, it was new, um, put mistakes in the book that weren't even there. We had to pull it back and like republish it real quick. And like, we had so many problems, but it was such a labor of love. And, um, it was such a pivotal point because I realized, okay, there's a need and people are asking for this. So I'm going to give them an opportunity to take the class for free on Facebook. But if they want to pay for a book, I'm going to put all this time and effort and I'm going to create a book and I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it well. I'm going to do it not like a pamphlet. I'm going to make a legit book, something that is fun, simple, easy to read, but is cover to cover full of good content and that are going to be beneficial and helpful to people if they want to sit down and have this cover to cover. Um, And so I was writing that at the same time. So I was running this group for like, like six to eight hours during the day. And I was writing six to eight hours at night for months. And I was just exhausted, but I was so like 100% in it. I was just all in it to make it happen because I just, every single day that I was in that group teaching, I was having stories of, thank you. This changed me. Thank you. This helped me please put it in a book. And I was like, I cannot say no to these people. And I, and this was a point where my husband came to me. It was probably at midnight and I was like finishing writing content and I was moderating ads and I was writing the book. And he's like, Lucy, this, you're spending so much time, like a lot of time on this. And I'm happy that you found this passion project and I'm happy that it's filling your heart, but is this even going to come back into the volume for your business of you know, your oils? Because He's like, are the majority of these people, even people that buy from you? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, no, actually, no, I would say 95% of the people in my groups are not going to buy from me. They're going to buy from somebody else because they're under somebody else existing already. Mm-hmm. And he's like, then why are you doing this? And I said, because they're asking for it and nobody else can. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Okay. And then you do it. And I did it. And, um, you know, I put a lot of time and money and investment into creating the book and I, um, put it up when I got it published and I said this little prayer, I was like, dear God, it just would be really great if I broke even on this. Like I put a lot of time and money into this and I just, people are asking for it. So I'm just hoping that like a hundred people buy this book. So like I break even on my costs and I can like you know, pay up my credit card that like, that'd be pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> like, that was my prayer. Just kind of break even on this. Cause yeah. like, you know, I've done three months of 16 hours in a row and like a lot of time and, mm-hmm. and money to create it. And it was my baby, you know, and he, um, you know, God came through in, in ways bigger than I had ever planned because it was like my journey. And he was showing me, this is your path. This is your journey because we put it up, um, in my group. And I didn't mind you, I didn't have a website. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a publisher. I was self-published. Um, I had a PayPal address 
and a Facebook post. Like mm-hmm. that was it. I opened up like a one page, like Wix Weebly website and could kind of do that on my own. I didn't have a graphic designer. I was like, the book is here. If you want it, send this amount to my PayPal address and I'll ship it from my kitchen. Like that was what I had. Okay. I just look back at it and I just, I can't, that is it. That's all I had. So I put it up and checked my PayPal and, you know, saw some orders coming through. And after a couple of hours, I just had the greatest sense of relief. I was like, dear God, thank you so much. I'm going to break even. That's, that is a kind gift to me. Thank you. Cause again, this was not a business opportunity in my head. This was, I'm serving people. Okay. And then, um, husband and I, we went to dinner and I opened it up and I was like, Oh, wow, we made a profit. <laughs> wow. Like, honey, look at this. And he's like, well, well, I guess it was worth it. I'm like, well, I mean, it was worth it anyway, but like, that's like a cherry on top. How cool is that? I'm like, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to have to plan a few weekends to chef. Okay, cool. We went to bed. We, we opened our, um, my Facebook and my PayPal and, and my little baby website in the morning and my jaw hit the floor. We sold 8,000 copies. Oh my heck. And I looked at my husband. I said, we need a shipping warehouse. We need to hire a shipping department because I can't get 8,000 books from my kitchen counter. And, and we just went into massive ship mode and we got a whole team together. We were shipping like crazy. It took two weeks to ship it out. At that point I gave it to Amazon. Cause I'm like, I can't do this. Like I had too much volume. This is not like a little thing. Like people want this book. Um, I give it to Amazon overnight. It was the number one bestseller on Amazon. It stayed in the top 10 ever since it was published in 2016, because there's such a need and it serves needs. And it taught me something. It taught me one, when you serve based on needs, everything will come back to you. It is the law of abundance. It is the law of reciprocation. Um, and it has turned into a business for me where now I write, I have sequels, I have teaching and training materials. I go around the world. I, um, I, I speak, I present, and I teach people how to teach other women, how to manage their hormones and, and help their libidos because there is a need for it. And I'm here to fill that need. And it has turned into my business because there was an organic call for it because I had the talents and the skills and God pushed me in that direction and said, fill this need. It was never a business. Now it's a business, yes. but first it was filling needs. And that is why it was so successful. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I have learned that you can never give away too much free content. I've heard people ask me that, like, well, what if, you know, like they hold on to a few things that they have and they're like, this is paid, this is paid. And you can never give away too much free content. You can never serve too much because it always comes back. Like you said, you didn't know that this free class you were giving was going to turn into a book that then people will pay for. And I teach the same things on my podcast that I teach, um, everywhere. Right. But they don't have it in a format, like in my membership where, and they don't have the live actual coaching for me, but people still come because I'm providing them so much, so many results ahead of time, which is what you did with your classes and all your information that they were like, this girl knows what she's talking about. If she's creating it, I want it. Like it just always comes back to you. So holding tight to what you have or the knowledge you have, or the information you have just will never serve you in your business. I think. Absolutely. And then I've since learned how to be a business person. I've learned how to become an entrepreneur. It started out organically. And now, you know, years down the road, yeah, now I have a graphic design team. Now I have a shipping warehouse and I have a shipping manager. Now I'm working on international translations because now it's bigger than what I can do myself, but it started with me, all hands on deck, all in doing it all by myself no help because it was me, myself, and I serving people in that small corner of the internet that needed to be served. And they told their friends and they told their friends and they told their friends. And it's just grown into a beautiful business for me. So I I have two businesses now that I manage. I manage both, you know, my young living, uh, which, um, you know, I love and I will never let that go. That is so beautiful to me. And then I also manage my Lucy Libido authorship and public speaking side. So it's truly, it's two different businesses. And, um, you know, and I'm also a mom and they have three kids. And so there's a, oh, there's always that consideration of, okay, what should I be outsourcing? And what do I need to be keeping myself? Because it does keep me busy, 
but in such a beautiful way that I love and would never regret. And I'm so thankful that I found what my voice is. I found how to serve people and that I had the bravery to just jump and do it, not knowing what the end result was, was going to be. Let me tell you, not knowing what the end result was going to be. And not every end result is big. Like I'll try things and, and it doesn't work well. And I'll have to shift and adapt and change. You know, success isn't just having a best-selling book. Success is I was brave enough to try something that I thought at that time with the information I had was going to be good and grow me and grow others. And I did it. And then the next step and the next step and the next step. And I'm continuing with that now, just like everyone else learning, okay, what is my next step? Where do I need to grow to grow myself and to serve others? Yes. And I love that you said, like, you have help, like you have someone who manages like the shipping and you have a shipping warehouse and all these things, because I think sometimes we see people like you, Lucy, who are successful at something we want to do. And then we shame ourselves for not being able to do it all. We're like, why can't I run a young living business and be a mom? And why am I so tired? And the truth is that people are really successful. They learn how to outsource eventually. And I, yes. And I think before outsourcing, you kind of learn how to outsource the little things in your house. Like Honestly, I'm super good at delegating chores to my kids. Like I, I, I learn that too. <laughs> that's what I tell myself. It makes me feel really good. <laughs> like it's a good mom right now, like working while my kids, you know, do the dishes. Um, but like so many things, like I order HelloFresh. So we have four of those a week and my, my son and my daughter get paid to each make two meals a week. So I don't make dinner very often. And maybe some moms want to make dinner. That's awesome. Do that. But I think that the people we look up to, learn how to focus on the thing they're really good at and what they love. And on our way there, we think we're a failure because we need help. And it, it's kind of, you know, counterintuitive. And I'll tell you in my circle of people who have like a lot of time and, and projects and things that are going on, we become very good at outsourcing. And we ask like, okay, who's your person that does this? Who's your person that does it? Who's your web? Who's your designer? Who's your copy? Who's your assistant? Who's your graphics person? Who's your like, and we, and you grow a team, but you don't start there. So also don't feel like you have to start there. Like you, you know, my very first thing I outsourced was I got a house cleaner. That was, that was the, and I got someone to do my laundry and yeah. then I started doing HelloFresh and then I hired on an assistant and then I hired on a shipping person and then I hired on a web designer and then I hired like, because as you grow, you have that ability. So it has to start with yourself, but then you will come to a point where you do only have so many hours in a day and being successful means knowing what only you can do, what only you can bring. And then that's what you do. And then everything else that you have the ability to outsource, you do it without shame or without guilt. You do it with gratitude that you have the ability to outsource it. Like I'm grateful. I can outsource cleaning my house, like grateful. Cause every time they come, I'm like, thank you so much. Cause I work so much better when it's clean and now I can just work instead of cleaning for hours and then starting to work. Thank you. We do it with gratitude, not with shame. Right. And it's a process. Yeah. And it's a process. I think like if you're starting off just asking somebody to watch your kids, honestly, for some of my clients, it's so, it's like two hours a week. I'm like, if you had an hour, two times a week where you could just focus on thinking about your yoga business or, or just doing something that fills you up. And that is challenging. So we just start with baby steps of, like you said, doing the thing only we can do or doing the thing that lights us up. And like this scripture just keeps coming to mind, but like the first great scripture is to love God. And the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And I love you said at the beginning, you have to love yourself first. And I think we totally forget that part. It's like love God and love your neighbor. But the truth is like, you cannot love others unless you first love yourself. Or what happens is you become totally depleted and broken. And then you rely on everyone else to pick up the pieces because you're angry and yelling and resentful that you don't have the career or the <laughs> life or the time you want. Right. So I love that you said to fill yourself up first. And when but, we see, when okay. we see like loving your neighbor, you know, there can be different interpretations of that. I think of that as humanity and that we're a part of that. Like we're a part of that puzzle. We're a part of the picture that when we say love neighbor, that doesn't exclude us that we all deserve to be treated well, to have love, to serve and help each other, to lift each other up. And that we're a part of that equation and that picture that we're not. Yes. 
that we're included in that. Yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. So now I know my diet, my listeners are dying to hear like specific oils that will help them with their hormones and their libido. Oh my goodness. Well, let's go into it. This is like <laughs> the fun, the fun, fun, fun stuff. And um, at the end of this episode, we're going to give you guys show notes. And so I'm going to give you guys some free gifts. I'm going to give you directions that if you do not yet have a young living membership where you can get the oils. If you have one, you just log in, you get them yourself. We're here to serve everyone, whether or not you're currently a member or not. I, um, my content is for all. So, uh, in the book, Lucy Libido says there's an oil for that. First, we start off talking about the emotional. We already went over that. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing we talk about is balancing hormones. And then the third thing we talk about are oils specifically for libido. So I'll give you a couple of oils that are really great for balancing hormones in men and women. And then I'll give you a couple of oils that are fantastic for libido in men and women. But like, we're just going to be breaking the tip of the iceberg in the show because the book has all the information. So if you're finding that the content is like perking your ears up, you can go over to my website, lucylibido.com. You can get a free ebook, which is a mini version of my full book, or you can just go ahead and grab the full tamale and you can grab the book over at lucylibido.com and it's got everything. So when we talk about libido and hormones, first of all, emotional, we got to, you know, do that. Second of all, our hormones, they're rapidly changing and the hormones in a female's body today um, is considerably depleted from the generation before us. So if you take a 30 year old woman, like our, our, you know, say our parents' generation, and you were to test her progesterone at age 30, and then you were to compare that to a 30 year old's progesterone in today's society, the numbers are completely different. Our numbers have dropped substantially um, because one stress will actually um, raise your cortisol levels, which depletes your progesterone. And that is just so much more common um, in our faster paced society with expectations that we put on ourselves. And also I am a big believer in generational traumas and how that can bioaccumulate over a year with our anxiousness and our depression, which I believe is completely reversible and healable. That is a whole other topic, but we, we, we come into every day with like a lot of stress and we have precursor hormones and they are um, pregnenolone and DHEA. These are emitted from your pituitary gland and they are your master hormones that literally tell every other hormone in your body what to do and what to convert into. Mm-hmm. In a woman, your um, pregnenolone and your DHEA will convert into progesterone and estrogen. And in a man, that pregnenolone and that DHEA is going to convert into testosterone. So these are metabolic pathways. When we're under stress, and I know you've taught about this fight or flight, you can put the hyperlink in the, in the show notes, your fight or flight um, episodes are so great. Um, when we're under that fight or flight um, stress and our adrenal glands are getting taxed and our cortisol is going up. Um, you know, it used to be like running from the tiger, as you, as you said, you know, we, we, our adrenaline goes up, our cortisol goes up and that tells us to give us our muscles, extra energy to run or to escape. But we experience those same symptoms. If we're under stress of a deadline, if we're under stress of a conversation that we're avoiding having with a coworker, if we feel neglected or betrayed or hurt, we have those same hormones in our body and cortisol eats your progesterone. It doesn't actually literally eat it. It actually prevents it. And I have a webinar that goes through with slides on these metabolic pathways and how they work. So if you want to like see this visually, head on over to lucylibido.com and click on the webinar because I go through this in detail. Essentially, when we are under stress, our master hormones, DHEA and pregnenolone, they skip over progesterone and they turn into cortisol because our body's like, I'm in stress. I need this. And so it pulls from that. And then it does not turn into progesterone and estrogen. So this is going to impact everything from our menstrual cycles, our fertility, our mood, our libido, because our body needs a minimum amount of both progesterone and estrogen to function properly. Um, Whether or not we're trying to conceive or just have a regular cycle or just not feel like out of source all the time, we rely on and we need these hormones. So keeping our hormone level, our stress levels under control is so important. And this is through therapy, understanding what is true, understanding what is objective, being able to learn how to not try and control others and how to put yourself in control. And this is all stuff you speak to. So um, this is where you get a good therapist. Um, Also, we have a fantastic supplement that is really good for short-term use when you're in heavy periods of stress and it's called Cortistop and it stops the cortisol and it 
and it saves your progesterone and, and your estrogen. Oil called cortisol. It is a supplement, the vitamin. Okay. And, it's called cortisol. and what it does is it protects your me- metabolic pathway mm-hmm. so that your master hormones, your DHA and your pregnenolone, they do not turn into cortisol, which is your stress hormone, mm-hmm. which makes sick, which makes you fat, which, which, you know, increases tummy fat and all that. And, you know, and this isn't about like having a bikini body. This is about being healthy, right? right? So cortisol is intended to be used like almost physically. So when we're stressed, this is why consistent exercise will help our hormone levels. It'll help our adrenals because we experience stress no matter what. And so we should be exercising, but it prevents it from all getting eaten up and turned into cortisol. And so it reserves it for our healthy hormones that we need our progesterone and our estrogen so that we can cycle correctly and we can have libido. Mm-hmm. Um, in our menstrual cycles, our progesterone levels go up 200% when we are pregnant. And so we need progesterone. And um, if we don't have enough levels of progesterone, um, we struggle with both irregular periods, migraines, headaches, um, and it's highly linked to infertility. So, you know, while using oils to support hormones, we can't promise this as a, as a cure because these kinds of issues can be very multifaceted, but this is one very important and critical piece of the puzzle is that we need to have enough progesterone levels to be cycling correctly for our reproductive systems. When women are struggling with infertility and you go into a doctor, the first thing that they will test is your progesterone levels, because if they're not high enough, your body will preserve your body before it will allow you to build another body. It's its defense mechanism. Like I don't have enough hormone to even cycle correctly. Therefore, I'm not going to have enough hormone to hold a baby. Therefore, I'm not going to hold if a baby implants It's a way our body protects ourselves. Okay. So there are oils and supplements that can help to manage and balance this in addition to positive affirmations, positively getting your stress down, exercising, right? So many pieces of this. Um, and one of those is, is cortisol. And that's not one you use every single day for the rest of your life. That's something that you use when you're under high stress situations to block it because we want our body to also learn how to regulate itself, mm-hmm. but you can use it for several months. Um, then another oil that is incredible is called the progestins plus. And this has been a, like an incredible oil for me for plus. It is the serum and it is a blend of essential oils and wild yam extract, which is a naturally occurring, um, plant progesterone, which, um, does not have synthetic side effects in our body and helps to balance and keep our cycles regular. So if your viewers could imagine me, I'm holding up my arm and I'm holding it under my chin. And like, this is this line. Okay. And then my other hand is out going up and down like a wave. Okay. And our, we're, our bodies, we're going to cycle no matter what we're going to cycle. Our estrogen levels go up and they peak when we are, when we're um, ovulating and then our progesterone levels drop right before our period. And that's what tells our body to shed the lining of our uterus. Again, it's our holding hormone. When it drops, we shed whether we're pregnant or not pregnant. When our progesterone level drop, that signals our body to shed our uterine lining. So like we are always going to go up and down, but if you imagine I'm doing a wave and I'm doing it at my arm, this is like a healthy cycle where we're cycling. And I call this the line of wellness or in our household, we also call this the line of insanity because when your levels drop too far below that, that my friends is when you feel like ripping glass shards out of your uterus and throwing in your husband's eyes because he said <laughs> something that just, you can't even deal with. Okay. Because we cannot function when our progesterone levels are too low. We're irritable. We're anxious. We're sensitive. We're, um, um, it, we get headaches more, we get cramps more, our bodies need a minimum level of progesterone. So even though it's going to drop in order to shed the lining, if it's barely at the threshold and then it drops in her cycle, it's going to drop too deep. And then that is one of the reasons so many women struggle, struggle so much with their, with their cycles. So progestins plus is an oil that anyone who is, um, on their period can use. You can actually even use it after your period. And it's something you can use every day. It's something you can use through your period. I like to use it the week up to my period and through my period. And it helps internally, or you put it on yourself somewhere. That is a great question. Thank you. Um, this is a topical oil. So this is an oil you put on topically. So if you think of like progesterone creams, there are creams out there on the market too. Um, this would be somewhat similar to that. In fact, Dang Living also has a cream that has precursors in it as well, but this is a, it's an oil. It's, um, it's an oil, or if you think of a cream as more oil-based, but you just rub it on your wrists and your neck at night. And you can do that every day, or you can do that the week up to and through your period. If you're younger, I say, if you're 30, like consider using it. The week before and through your period, if you're like 40s or 50s, you might want it every day. 
And it's gonna to help to keep things more balanced and regulated. And for me, it has helped so much with symptoms of low progesterone, like headaches, migraines, irritability. Um, that's something I still struggle with, but so much less so since I've been, when I'm more regular with getting my exercise, keeping my stress down to preserve my progesterone levels. I love a tool like that because you're right. Our mood is so multifaceted and I feel like a huge part of the work is managing our minds, but I feel like we're, we're running an uphill battle when we don't have things to help us internally, like physically, like you said, like manage our hormones, right. Or if medication is something that somebody chooses to use, like if we don't use all the things, resources at our fingertips that are the best for us with the best education, which is like fighting an uphill battle, you know? So I never claim to be like, you shouldn't use medication or you should only use coaching. Like, I think you should be your best advocate for feeling your best. And you can only do that when you have self-awareness about what do I want? How do I feel? Like, who am I showing up for today? And once you do that, I think you can figure out like, I'm really struggling. I'm really angry this time of the month for a whole week. And I love this tool of the something so simple that really has no downside to trying. Yes. And you can't, you cannot overdo progesterone. Keep in mind, you can think of when you're pregnant and there's so many things like, don't do this, don't do this, don't take this. And this is when so many people start using oils and herbs and supplements because they're so much safer. When you're pregnant, your progesterone levels are up 200% and they drop to go into labor. Like you cannot have too much progesterone. We literally are flooded with it when we are pregnant. And that is like our most fragile time ever. So you cannot do too much progesterone. So it's, it's not something that you're going to like accidentally do too much of and like hurt yourself or even a baby. It's a very, very safe supplement. And so it's one that I tell all women, just try it, see how you feel. Um, it's fantastic. So that's a good one for progesterone support. And then, um, we also have oils that can support, uh, estrogen levels, which, you know, is going to help to regulate our cycle for women who are in childbearing years and they're trying to support um, their cycle. There's two things you can do. One is a supplement and one is an oil. So again, we've got like kind of the vitamin version and the oil, which is like a topical version. It goes into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So we have an amazing supplement called Femigen and it has herbs and oils that help to balance and regulate your cycle. And it helps to keep both your progesterone and your estrogen levels balanced so that as you're, again, you're doing this wave, as you're going up and down, you're not crashing too low, but it's gentle enough that it's not something that's going to make you go too high or have any danger. So it's very, very safe. And that's like a, a supplement you can take every day to just keep your levels up for both um, your estrogen and your um, progesterone. And then um, we have an amazing oil called, um, well, we actually have a few in, in your childbearing years, I recommend an oil called Sclar Essence. Um, and it's a blend of clary sage and some other oils that helps to support a regular healthy cycle. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you're trying to conceive, I mean, it's fantastic when you're trying to conceive because it does help to support a regular cycle, which is a huge part of conception. But even if you're not trying to conceive a healthy natural cycle and a healthy natural libido mm -hmm. is a homework for a healthy reproductive system, which is it's a part of our body and it should be working correctly, whether or not you're trying to have kids or not. But if you're trying to have kids, it's only going to help you. And if you're not trying to have kids, you can still utilize the oil to have a regular cycle. Even if you're avoiding conception, you can still want to have a healthy regular cycle because it's going to help your mood. It's going to help your cycles. It's going to help your libido, which is going to help your connection. That's what I was going to ask. Like, does having a regular cycle affect your libido? Yes. Oh, absolutely. 1000% it does. Because um, we are, so men and women... <laughs> Surprise, surprise, we're wired differently, just so you didn't know that. <laughs> we're wired differently. So a woman's libido is tied to her cycle, and a man's libido is just constant. Okay. So men's hormones systems, they just they go out just like regular stream all the time, like always there, just ready to go when the woman is ready. Like this is like like back to like caveman stuff. Yeah. This is how we're built. So a man's system is built to be ready at all times so that when the woman is ready, he's ready. Okay. The woman's libido is, is tied to her cycle. So our libido is highest when we ovulate. And that's, there's a reason for well, that. That makes okay. sense. Uh, I'm like, because that's, <laughs> that is true for every mammal, like on the planet, okay. a, a female's libido is highest when she ovulates and her, um, ovulation occurs when her estrogen levels are highest. So by supporting a cycle where you're supporting healthy estrogen levels, if your estrogen levels are lower, you're not going to have libido if you don't have enough estrogen or progesterone. 
by supporting that and having higher estrogen levels, you're going to have higher libido in general overall. Now you're still going to cycle. You're still going to have a high point. Like most women do not have libido three days before their period because your progesterone levels have dropped. They've tanked. You're getting headaches. You're fearing irritable. You're like probably mad at your husband for not taking up trash. You're not like, Hey, come hop in the ha- a hot sack with me, baby. Like you're mad at him. <laughs> That's <awesome. laughs> you're both so I love it because just the way you talk about everything is so fun you use all these like cute, like, I don't know, like metaphor, even like just how you now said like hot sack with me, baby. Like, you, I don't know. You just use all these like cute words. So it doesn't we feel laugh like a lot. <laughs> I love it. We're, totally, we're, we're all about the fun. So it's a safe place to come in. Cause I crack jokes, like no stuff in my groups, on my Instagram, in my book, I'm just cracking jokes. Okay. But yeah. You're so you're still going to cycle and you're going to have, you're still going to have dozen ups and downs but you're going to have libido more often, more consistently, more days of the month, which is going to help to support you and him being together when he's ready. Cause he's always ready, but you're not always ready, but it's going to give you more days in the month that you're feeling open and willing and wanting it, which is then going to help him because he's going to feel like he's getting the release and he's getting his needs met. When you have a healthy libido, especially when your libidos are um, uneven, which is quite common, and it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's the um, the man over the woman. Sometimes it, the woman's libido can be harder than the man, especially if he's on certain medications or he's going through trauma. His testosterone levels can drop under stress, just like our estrogen levels will drop. So you know, it's not always that the man's libido is higher, but you know, there are times in any relationship where one is higher than the other, but by managing and balancing our hormones, his and hers, mm-hmm. um, it will help him to be at this healthy place where I always have a steady stream where I'm ready to go. And it's going to have her like, I'm on a healthy cycle where in any given month, I'm going to have so many days a month that I'm having that libido. And then it meets those needs. And so you're both in a happy place sexually because you're both getting what you need individually, but also collectively. And like ladies, let the knowledge and the information of like when your estrogen is the highest or your progesterone, when you're going to have your libido the most, let that serve you. Because what I found is that when we're really cranky and then we realize like, then we start our period, we're like, Oh, that's why. And we're no longer (laughs) like super ticked at ourselves being like yelling all day. An emotional day. Yeah. You're like, Oh, of course. This is the chance time when it's okay to be emotional. First of all, it's okay to be emotional all the time. If you just think that all the time, then you never have to feel shame about being cranky or emotional. But if you have knowledge like this about when you're going to have higher libido, you can give yourself a break and be like, Hey honey, these are three days when I'm not going to feel so hot. Like catch me on the 16th and I'm telling you I'll be there. (laughs) And then you don't have to feel so shameful about not being, you know, at the same desire level as your spouse. Right. Because it's normal to not be at the same desire and it's normal for your desire levels to change through the month and knowing that that's normal is going to help you. Absolutely. So, so, so many great tools and um, we have more on how to support men's libido in the book and on the website, we have more about um, supporting libido and I'll just leave you with one last super fun tip before we wrap up. But um, one oil that I absolutely love for women for in the bedroom um, and it is Cypress. So cypress is, you know, it's a tree, it's a conifer and conifers are grounding, but they also support circulation. Now, when we think of circulation, a lot of times we think of men like, oh yes, men definitely need circulation, you know, for fire hose, put out that fire, right? But we also need circulation for women because our bodies are the same. When, when we grow as like, when we are a peanut in the embryo, embryo, we have ambiguous genitalia. And based on our, the hormones that we're flooded with, that's going to turn into the different body parts for a man and a, a man and a woman. So we need circulation support, just like men do. We just, it's just not like as visually apparent, mm-hmm. but Cypress is a fantastic oil to support the circulation system intimately in the bedroom. And so you can, I have recipes in the book. Um, you never want to put oils on your body. Neat and neat means like without a carrier oil, cause they might be a little bit too um, sensitive. So just all the recipes in the book will be safe, but you can use oils in a carrier oil in like a roller bottle and like a massage oil. And you can rub that on in your inner thighs and around your belly button. Coconut oil, like yes. just something to mix with it to make it not so potent, right? Yeah. Just to make it not so strong. Yeah. Um, and then you can roll that on your inner thighs and around your belly button and it's smart and it goes where it needs to go. And that supports fireworks. 
at the end of your electric parade. And like, we all like the electric parade, like the electric parade is fun, but I mean, like he wants to leave when the fireworks in the background, right? Like you want to stay for the fireworks. So, you know, Cyprus is so, so fun for both men and women. And I actually have a different species of Cyprus that I like for the men. And I have a species of Cyprus that I like for the the women. and, And that's in the book too. But there's so many great ways to support having a fantastic time, having your fireworks, having that connectivity, not feeling shame if some days you want it and some days you don't. It's normal. And like, if I can leave you with anything, it's that like, you are normal the way you are, understanding the way your body works, not having shame about it and knowing how to support it is going to help you to have the best experience with your hormones and with your libido. I love it. Oh my gosh, Lucy. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. So many amazing nuggets. Like she said, there's going to be information in the show notes below where you guys can um, click where you can get these freebies and learn more about her book and get that if you guys need it. Thank you, Lucy, for coming and we'll talk soon. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.